Hi, I'm Edmund Stone, host and producer of The Score, which originates here at All Classical Radio. Programme director John Pittman has invited me here to spotlight a new recording called Night After Night, music from the movies of M. Night Shyamalan, and I have the composer of these wonderful score arrangements with me. It is my great pleasure to have James Newton Howard with me for this feature on Night After Night. Welcome, James. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Today, I would love to hear about your work with M. Night Shyamalan and your favorites of your other movie scores. But let's start with M. Night Shyamalan. Now, James, for your recent CD, Night After Night, you created eight suites of new and original music from your collaborations with the director, including The Sixth Sense. This sounds like a very exciting project. What drew you to take this on? Well, during that period of time that we worked together, I felt at the end of it that the music and all those movies had some kind of commonality, that they shared a certain DNA, a certain kind of approach compositionally. And I thought, you know, this is worth exploring. And that's really what it was. It began as an exploration of these ideas. The idea of creating an album or a series of suites based on those movies was always interesting to me. I was interested, I guess, in finding additional possibilities for the music beyond film scores. And I thought there were ideas perhaps in places in those scores where I could expand and sort of follow through with some musical thoughts that I had. So let's hear something now from The Sixth Sense in your recent recording. music by James Newton Howard from a recent recording called Night After Night in which the composer created eight suites of music based upon his collaborations with director M. Night Shyamalan. You've worked with M. Night Shyamalan on a number of projects. What's it like collaborating with him? How do you start in on a project together? Well, that's a good question. The first movie we did together was The Sixth Sense. And we met in Santa Monica after I'd seen the movie. And he went off to Philadelphia. I came back to my recording studio, my writing studio in Santa Monica. And I just began writing music to the rough cut because we didn't have a lot of time. We had six weeks, which is not a lot of time to explore the possibilities of a film score and really get the tone of it right. And after it came out, it received a couple of Academy Award nominations and music was not one of them which was fine. I'd been fortunate to be nominated a number of times before that, but Knight called me and said, hey, James, uh, he felt the reason I wasn't nominated 
was because the music did not have a singular quality to it. In other words, there was nothing that you could hear a few notes of and say, oh, that's from the sixth sense. And I understood what he was saying. I was a little prickly about it, but I'm a collaborator and I can take a good idea and absorb it. And I suppose the best example of that, if you think of Jaws, with dun, 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 I mean, immediately one knows that that's Jaws. And I think probably that's very true about a lot of John Williams' music because it is so distinctive and thematic. But I understood exactly what he meant. So when he was doing the next movie, which was Unbreakable, he wanted me to come to Philadelphia, which I did. He had a very beautiful post-production facility out in the Pennsylvania countryside. And he storyboarded, which basically means having an artist draw, literally draw on a sheet of paper each scene. And it's pasted on the wall all the way around the room. And Knight would start me at the beginning. He'd go to each depiction of the scene and explain what's happening. And by after an hour and a half later, I really felt like I'd seen the movie. And that was a really unique experience for me. So I went back and he said, why don't you just start writing and send me some ideas? Now this was before shooting even began. So I came back here and I wrote several things, but nothing too extensive because I didn't want to explore an idea that was not going to be used. And I sent three or four to him and he fixated very clearly on one of them and said, yeah, this is something I really want to work with. And it turned out to be really the centerpiece main theme of the movie. That's the music from Unbreakable from 2000 in a new recording featuring my guest James Jr. Howard's adaptation of that music for a new suite on an album called Night After Night. James, for Unbreakable in 2000 and Signs two years later, the next thrower of this trilogy, you were highly praised for your music. They were similar but different thrillers. And you've since worked on sequel-style movies. I'm thinking about Hunger Games, Fantastic Beasts, and the Batman movies. How do you approach your involvement with an ongoing theme? Structurally, that's always the tricky part for me. It's one thing to have a theme you repeat over and over, but where you repeat it, how you embellish it, how it's orchestrated where it is, how it relates to a particular character at the moment. That's what structure is all about. That is something that 
I think is the secret to good storytelling because that's really what I do is do storytelling and hopefully I'm telling the same story that director is telling otherwise it, there's a real dissonance there and the movie just doesn't work but ultimately even though they were thriller-esque they both had very emotional cores to them Unbreakable is a revelation about a man who discovers he's a superhero, essentially, but in the process of that discovery, his marriage is falling apart. He feels very disillusioned with his life, and so there's a lot of melancholy in it. And I think the same can be said for Signs. Yes, it's a bit of a thriller, but I would say it's never a horror movie with Night. They were kind of creepy in moments, but always a very central, emotional, central core to them. And in the case of Signs, it's about a man who's a priest, minister, who loses his faith because of a couple of terrible tragedies in his life. And by subsequent, well, I wouldn't say miracles, but through a couple of events that happened toward the end of the movie, he's regained his faith. There's no particularly religion indicated, but he goes back to wearing the cloth and one feels that this is about restoration of not only his faith, but his whole identity. It's quite moving, really. today on the score james julian howard for signs from 2002 james the thrillers that you work on for m night sharma are different as we've said the village for instance in 2004 an amazing film it's directed by m night sharma as i mentioned and also scored by you it has the director's penchant for originality and twist endings so I think my question then is, how do you keep the emotional energy flowing when there are so many twists and turns happening on screen? Oddly enough, Edmund, there really aren't that many twists and turns in the body of the movie. The twist, of course, is in the end of the movie, which is not always easy to pull off, but I thought that Knight really did pull it off again in this movie. When I first started working on The Village, 
we were all thinking it's a bit of an action movie or it's a bit of a thriller. And the studio was talking about promoting it more of as an action kind of uh, dynamic big movie. And so as is my want, I create demos of my scores using synthesizers, very elaborate synthesizers. And I basically do models as an architect will do models of a house. And they sound very good. They sound very convincing. Of course, not as good as the finals, but they sound convincing enough to watch the movie, listening to them. And on one occasion, Knight had come to Los Angeles to work with me, and we both watched the movie listening to my demos. And then there was a pregnant pause at the end of it, and we looked at each other, and we realized it wasn't an action movie at all, that the score was wrong, some of the scary bits were okay, but the essential heart of the score was a love story and we knew that that's where the movie lived so we had a conversation of how we could reimagine the score and I came up with the idea of perhaps having a violin be the heart and you know the core the main event of the score and since the woman is a protagonist in the movie and I absolutely loved Hilary Hahn's work I thought I'd just take a wild shot at calling Hillary and see if she was interested in working on the movie, and she was very interested, which was very exciting, and I sent her my demos and sketches of the music, and she would call me from the road once a week maybe and saying, you know, James, this passage is really kind of awkward because I can't find the right fingering, and then she'd call me a day or two later and said, never mind, I found the right fingering. You know, it indicated to me that she was taking that as seriously as she would take playing a box suite, that it was very important to her, that her work ethic is just most intense, admirable, high bar of work ethic, which I like to think that I have a pretty good work ethic myself. And so she showed up in Los Angeles, we recorded the score, and it was just thrilling. I mean, having her out there concerto style in front of the orchestra, was just one of the unforgettable moments and opportunities that I've ever had in my career. Music from The Village, originally composed by James Newton Howard in 2004, featuring violinist Hilary Hahn, and reimagined and reorchestrated for a new recording, Night After Night. I'm glad you brought up your collaborations originally and in the new CD, James, because you've had the pleasure of working with pianist Jean-Yves Thibaudet and also Hilary Hahn for several selections on the CD, Night After Night. Tell us a little more about this experience Hillary played on just one track, which is The Village. Jean-Yves played on every track because the suites were conceived as piano-centric with full orchestra. So the only moment where the two of them, Jean-Yves and Hillary, were in the same room together was during The Village. And the reason I hired Jean-Yves, I mean, why I hired Hillary is obvious, but the reason I hired Jean-Yves was, aside from him being 
a spectacularly gifted concert pianist, was I wrote piano parts that I could hack my way through, but I could never have played them. I loved his collaborative sense, his willingness to work with other film composers and work in all kinds of different idioms. And he was very open-minded. I loved so many of his recordings. So he seemed like the perfect guy. And lo and behold, he wanted to do it. So again, I'm always surprised and startled when one of the great concert artists is so happy to work with me. But yeah, that was a, definitely a case of that happening. The performance, as I know you've heard a million times, is kind of the final rewrite that one can have an expectation, finish a piece of music and give it to a great artist, but their performance brings it to a, its finality, to its close, hopefully, and it, certainly in this case, both Hilary and Jean-Yves did that for me. featuring Jean-Yves Thibaudet on piano. And before I let you go, James, I have a sort of question that has always interested me, and I think I know the answer, but I'd like to get your take on this, and that is, you tend not to conduct your own scores. Why? <laughs> well, number of reasons. First of all, I've never considered myself a good conductor. I have too much respect for the art that is necessary in being a great conductor. Secondly, it's very important for me to be in the control room evaluating the performance of each take. Otherwise, I would be standing out there, take off my headphones, walk into the control room, listen, make some thoughts to myself, go back and give the notes to the orchestra, and that is time-consuming, quite honestly. You know, we are on the clock in a studio, uh, very much so, because it's very expensive to record with 100 musicians. So the other reason, I think probably the more significant reason is to be there with the director in the control room because doubts can come up from the director or questions even though the music has been demoed for months but you know there are moments where things can get a little squirrely so i feel it's important for me to be in the control room to really protect the environment of the music really protect the audio atmosphere in the room to make sure the pre-recorded material is sounding right, the orchestra is playing it the way I envisioned it, and I can communicate immediately with the conductor out there and get it done quickly. Having said that, I am very enthusiastically taking conducting lessons now in preparation for concerts that will occur in 2024. That's wonderful. And I need to say that without giving any information away, you and I are about the same age, separated by a couple of months, and we last spoke for a conversation in 2009, so maybe we can do this again in 14 years' time. <laughs> okay, that's very optimistic of you, but yes. I want to thank you, James Newton Howard, for your time today and your many, many hours of wonderful music. Thank you, James, for joining us today. Thanks, Edmund. It's been a pleasure. Film composer James Newton Howard was my guest for the Arts Blog here on allclassical.org. I'm All Classical Radio's host and producer of The Score, Edmund Stone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>